What's going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Juliana Joy over Zoom video. Juliana was raised just outside of Chicago, and she talks about how she got into music. Taylor Swift was, or still is, a major influence on her. From Juliana discovering her on the first couple Taylor Swift records, and finally seeing her on the Red Tour, which changed basically her life. Once Juliana saw Taylor Swift perform, she went home and was like, this is what I'm going to do. She started writing songs at an early age, started showing people her songs around eighth grade. She had this vocal coach that she really, really respected and would bring the songs to her and she would give her pointers and notes on it. She talked to us about how she scored a publishing deal at a very early age, moving to LA around 17, 18 years old, writing and putting out her first EP, Cherries, in February of 2020. Then the world shuts down. She's by herself in LA, and she ends up sticking it out. Stays there and puts together this brand new EP, which is called Garden of Eden, and she tells us all about the song Prescriptions and having Zane Lowe debut the song on Apple One. You can watch our interview with Juliana on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Music, it'd be amazing if you follow us there and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Juliana Joy. Uh, my name's Adam, and this is about you and your journey in music, and uh, we'll talk about the EP coming out. Yeah, sounds good. Sweet. So, uh, where were you born and raised? Uh, well, I was born in Indianapolis, but I grew up in the Chicagoland area. Okay. How long did you live in Indiap- Indianapolis? I can't speak right now. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a fake city. Don't even worry about it. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I think I lived there until I was like nine. And then I moved to Batavia, which is where I'm from, uh, in like third grade. I want to say that's nine years old. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you are nine. You know, maybe eight. I don't know. No? Nine? I don't, I don't somewhere around there. Okay. No. I stopped like keeping track like five years ago. It's all good. Um, so you, nine years in uh, Indianapolis and then you move. Yeah. And, and, and there, that's like what? Outside? Chicago, is that what you said? Yeah, it's like, I think it's like 45 minutes by train, like outside of Chicago. It's like right next to Aurora, which is the most like famous Midwest city. I don't know. It's a, it's a place that I feel like a lot of people recognize. So, okay, rad. So, yeah. what was it? What was it like growing up the first nine years? Do you remember any of that before moving? Oh, it was wonderful. I lived a very picturesque childhood for that first like nine years. It was like, like we had a neighborhood dog and like I, we lived like next to like a sheep farm and it was just like very like rural and it was great. I'm, I'm the only one that remembers it though. I have two younger sisters and neither of them remember living there at all. So I like, when I talk about it, they're like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. What did, what did you, why did you guys move? Was it um, your parents' job or? Yeah. My mom ended up getting a new job in Chicago Okay. Um, but we also ended up wanting to move there because uh, my grandfather passed away in 2009. We moved there in 2010, and we just wanted to be closer to my mom's side of the family. And they're all mm-hmm. in, all in Chicago. So uh, okay, yeah, very cool. Any music in your bloodline, like your parents' musical at all, or 
I not really. I think like the only one is my great grandma Vivian. She used to perform like on the radio at one point in time. Like she sang and that was like their thing. But like I'm the first like technical musician. Okay. And when did you start playing yeah. music? That's cool. Have you like does she do you have recordings of that? I'm just curious now. Uh of her I've on the looked. radio. Uh, I've okay. looked. I don't even remember what the name of her little group was, but I've looked and there's like nothing. So I have to like, feel like I have to go dig in some archives or something. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. So what drew you to music and how did you get into it? Um, I think my answer is Taylor Swift. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, I was so into her as a kid and I still am like a lot. Um, I'm like obsessed with her. No, me too. I'm like, like literally, literally would die for her. <laughs> no, like actually, like same. <laughs> uh, I just remember like I listening to like her self-titled album and Fearless and being like, I love this. Like this is like giving me like access to all these emotions I've never felt before. And then I saw her at Speak Now in 2011 at her Speak Now tour. And I saw her... Um, what like really confirmed me for me like wanting to do music was seeing her actually like at the red tour um mm-hmm. in 2000 i think that was 2013 um just watching her like make this whole production out of an album that meant so much to me it was like super super cool and i was like i want to do that that sounds so fun and she makes it look like it's like so easy and i want to like i want to impress her so that's like kind of how i got into it <laughs> okay did you start playing guitar I did. Guitar was the first one I learned. I started learning it in like third grade and then I got very, very attached to piano in like fifth. Okay. Do you still play guitar at all or just piano? I play both. Okay. Um, I'm not as great at either of them anymore. <laughs> um, that's not a hundred percent true. I just don't practice as often. Um, but yeah, I play both. Okay. And when did you start writing songs? When I was in like fifth grade, I want to say it was like 11, but it could have been 10, but also I think it was 11. So, so pretty shortly after you saw Taylor Swift. Yeah, no, like almost immediately after I remember like the first time I like actually tried writing something was like a week after seeing her live, which was like, it was, I was just in my room and I was like underneath my bunk bed and I was like, I have my guitar and I was like, okay, I know some chords. Let me try, let me try some, some stuff. And then yeah okay so wow that's pretty early to start writing music yeah well and all of that i wrote about until like probably eighth grade was all just you know of substantial like bullshit <laughs> <laughs> like it was not good like it was it was okay okay i don't even remember the songs that i wrote like before 14 so i'm scared if i ever find one one day of being like oh my god this is where i started did you record any of it? It sounds like you might have recordings of that somewhere. I feel like I do. I feel like it's somewhere and I'm afraid of finding it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to find it. Okay. Uh, well, you, at 14 is when you started to write songs that you actually uh, were proud enough to what, show people or were you showing people yeah. the songs prior to that? Okay. So like I, I, my friend group and my parents and my family just kind of knew that I was like writing music, but I don't think I like started taking it super seriously till I was 14. Um, because like, I don't know why I just felt like it was really hard to obtain and it still is. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I just 
worked really, really hard on making my songs sound good. And then when I felt comfortable enough to like present them to people, I like did. And then at the time I was taking voice lessons and um, one of the guys at the <laughs> place that I was taking voice lessons at was like, you want to, I could do a song for you. Like I could produce it. And I was like, sick. Okay, let's do it. And yeah, <laughs> so, so it he- just kind of started there. <laughs> So he obviously knew that you wrote songs. Yeah. Okay. And were you showing these to your vocal teacher or no? Yeah, no, I would literally like every lesson that I would do, I would like go in and be like, okay, I wrote a new song. (laughs) I'm going to play it for you now. And she'd be like, sick. This is awesome. And then, yeah, I got really encouraged and it was really nice. Like being surrounded by so many people who like, were like, you write songs. Like, that's cool. Instead of being like, focus on something else. Right, right. No, that's awesome. You got validated pretty early on in your songwriting, it sounds like. Yeah, I did. It's like really, it's really weird to me. I think about it all the time of being like, how did anyone like, like I was like 14, 15, like I was nowhere close to where I am now. And I'm still like, I cannot believe all these people believed in me. It was like, just shocking, just shocking. Mm -hmm. Once you like, tell me about getting the courage to show that song, the first one you ever showed to somebody, was that at your vocal lesson? Was it like, okay, I'm going to come in here and let her know or him, him or her know, uh, I wrote this song. Like, how did that happen? Like pretty much. Yeah. Like it was literally just me going in and my vo- a vocal coach, Andrea, I was like, so I'm like starting to write music and like, I trust you and I want you to hear this and tell me what you think. And go from there and then literally up until i moved to la i was taking voice lessons with her and i like play her played her everything that i had written and i still send her all of my demos like everything that (laughs) everything that comes through because i just she's just an amazing woman and she always gives me really good feedback so yeah was she a songwriter also is it just uh she kind of help you with hitting the notes or whatever in the melodies as far as your voice went Pretty much. It was mostly focused on just getting me comfortable with singing and playing piano at the same time. Um, Cause that's like a really weird skill that you don't realize you have to master until it's too late. Um, I don't necessarily know if she was a songwriter, but she does so much with music. Like she, um, outside of being a vocal coach, like I know she does like band stuff and uh, she like helps train people for musicals and, yeah, she's like multi-talented. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Very cool. So when, from that point, like when you start writing songs, 14, 15 years old, do you, what do you do next? Do you start playing out at all or are you showing them to other people? And what took you to um, LA? Like, how'd you get to LA also? I'm curious. Well, yeah. Um, well, mostly when I started like writing songs seriously, my main goal was to get them out on platforms. And so I submitted songs through TuneCore and I put them out and I was like, here we go. Let's do this. And when I was 15, I went to um, Grammy camp, which was this wonderful camp hosted by the Grammy foundation um, for like music kids across the country. It was really, really cool. And I met some of the most amazing people and I started working with those people um, and like staying friends. Like I'm pretty much friends with everybody that I met at that camp still. Like I would say they're still like in my life and that's That's rad. Yeah, it's very cool to say five years later. Um, Mm -hmm. And like going to that camp gave me the confidence of being like, okay, like I'm not the only one who 
is like wanting this weird path that nobody else in the world expects to have, you know, like these are all people who have the same kind of drive as me. And like, it just made me feel very comfortable. And so I was like, okay, now that I know that like people think I'm good who actually like, like know what they're talking about, you know, like people my age, I guess, like I would be super weird about showing um, like anyone in my class, my music. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. they don't, they don't understand. They don't understand right. this journey. Yeah. 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 <laughs> They're not involved. Yeah, right. They, they, yeah, exactly. They don't understand what you're yeah. trying to do or going through. Right. Yeah. So it was just very eye opening. And then um, my mom actually was like, okay, whenever you want to get serious, like I know someone who knows someone. And I was like, okay, cool. Let me think about that. And I thought about it for a year and I got, I like worked on my songwriting super hard. And then I went to Jamie Serretta with it. Um, he's the, I think he's the VP co-president of the hypnosis song groups. I don't know what his role is anymore. High he's up. just, he's a big, yeah, big, big powerful dude. Big wig. Yes. And he's okay. like an icon, amazing person. Um, and I basically like, I sent him like 40 songs and I found out later that that's like a ridiculous amount to send. <laughs> like I was like, I like ordered them and like the, like, best to worst and i was like okay and then wait so like, I, I, real quick how did you get in contact with this person was that the friend of a friend that your mom knew oh yeah. wow. so okay my mom's friend was jamie's college roommate um and so they like they were like this and so right. i was like cool okay and that was just basically how i got put in front of him and yeah we just had like a call and he was like this is really cool like let's let's keep this conversation going and then you know what was that like two three years later I was like okay I'm gonna move to LA and they offered me a publishing deal which was super cool and wow yeah that's how I'm here (laughs) (laughs) okay wow so you got offered the publishing deal with three years you said three years ago or okay i got offered it in 2020 so two years ago okay two years ago actually like next week it was like february i think it was february like 10th is when so i got right before it. right before covid happened yeah did you, did you move to la first and then covid happened yeah so i was here for like maybe four weeks before covid took over and it mm. was like so fun and then all of a sudden just like immediate shutdown like i was across the country this is my first time living by myself like i just turned 18 and yeah it was just it was a lot it was a lot i learned a lot but that was a really intense thing to go through by myself oh i can't imagine so you're in la was a big i'm from san diego and uh, i know la very very well and obviously it's a huge city and there's a lot going on it's intimidating right it's the Oh yeah. Entertainment capital or whatever. Uh, now you're there at 18, you're living by yourself and then the world closes down. Like, are, do you, how long do you stay there? Do you go back home to kind of, you know, link up with your parents and be around people during this or, you know, I thought about it. Um, I think I remember telling my mom that I just felt like I couldn't go back and it wasn't like about like not being welcomed back because obviously like I'm, super close with my family and I think it was mainly just being like if I can go through this pandemic by myself then I can be comfortable living out here by myself um and so I just took that as like a personal challenge of like I have to get through this somehow and like 
I have my cat and that's, that'll be good enough. And so, yeah, I basically, I was just like, I don't want to leave. I, I didn't want to move my cat either. That was another huge point. I was like, I don't oh. want to bring him on a plane. I don't want to take him <laughs> to a place that has dogs. Like he, he's fine here. He's, right. I don't want to leave him. Like he's fine. And yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Well, yeah. well, real quick to rewind a bit prior to getting out to LA and, and, and landing this deal, when you sent 40 songs to, to this person, was that what, what year in school were you in? Was that when you were a senior in high school or prior to that? I think, or? A, I think I was a sophomore. Oh, wow. Okay. So you still had a little bit of school left. Oh yeah. No, I was a sophomore and I, we like started doing sessions with Dylan Gardner shortly after that. Um, he's the wonderful human being who produced my first EP. Um, right. And I think we just, we started doing sessions because after that phone call with Jamie, he was like, if you're ever in LA, like we'll put you in sessions. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to book a flight then. <laughs> like, I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going right. to hold you to it. And then I did like a session before my, I want to say it was my 17th birthday. Yeah. Okay. And it was, we did a first session for Nevermind, which was like the first song we started working on. And once you got Jamie to LA, was, or was this yeah, the record like that you're talking about that got, that got produced? <clears throat> Cause I know this record came out in 2020, right? The EP. Did yes. you have an EP before that one? I didn't. No. Okay. So this, so is, this the is the one that you're talking EP. about. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 So we started working on that in like 20, I want to say 2018, 2019. Okay. Um, and it was just like a one-off thing. Like, I don't think anyone expected like it to like, I don't know, expand further than it did. Like, I think they all had faith in me and like, I was a good writer and like so on. But then my mom like got a call from Jamie like a month later and was like, dude, this, this is, this is dope. Like, let's, let's do some more stuff. And I was like, okay. So then I started flying back and forth between LA and Batavia. Um, like, I would go like once a semester and, and go for like five or six days and, and spend time writing and going to meetings and building connections, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got very, very, very lucky. <laughs> well, did you, you put that record on 2020? Was that in February or was that after the pandemic had already hit? No, it was February. I put it out on, I think it was February 14th. So it was like February 10th. I got offered a deal. February 12th, I moved to LA. And then February 14th, this EP comes out. Oh my. And then March 13th, the world week. shuts down. <laughs> yep. Did just you... like an entire month later. Just, oh man. Was yeah. there big plans for the EP or like, how did that affect? I mean, it sounds like you had the whole record or you did have the record done and out. Right. And then the mm -hmm. pandemic hits. How does that affect like the, the trajectory of like what you guys were doing with the record or what, what happened then? Well, it's kind of funny. So we didn't have like any quote unquote plans. Um, okay. We just wanted to put it out and then like shop it around, see what people think of it. And that went great. And then the world kind of shut down as we were starting to like plan to do live shows and like talk about like going in front of labels and stuff. And like, mm -hmm. yeah. So it, that whole plan kind of fell apart. Um, but then like during the pandemic, I ended up, being able to work on this next CP. So I was like, you win some, you lose some. It's okay. Like right, Cherries so did amazing on its own. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot, yeah, a lot of the songs did really well. I'm looking at Spotify numbers. One of them has well over a million and a half plays. Yeah. Which so, is that's amazing. 
so mind-boggling. I'm like, I don't <laughs> understand how that happens. That's so cool, though. And so you start working yeah. on this new record. It's Garden of Eden. How quickly are you working on that? Like, is that record out? And you're like, okay, I'm here by myself. Uh, I got my cat. Now I've got to start working on what's next. Like, pretty much, yeah. So the we were supposed to start the EP in May of 2020, like start doing production days for it. But Teddy Geiger, who did the whole EP with me, she was stuck in New York um, up until like the beginning of June. And mm. it was like, it was at that time where like New York was like the worst oh, like, yeah. place to be for COVID. So she was like, I don't like, I don't like Zoom sessions. Like I let's just wait until I can fly out there and quarantine and then then we'll do it. And oh, so, so she didn't want to do Zoom. No, she's not a Zoom person. That's cool. I mean, that, there's something about that, right? I mean, some people just, I mean, obviously she's like, no, 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 no. And other people kind of dig it. And I've all, I've heard a lot of mixed feelings on Zoom. Have you, were you working on Zoom at all prior to her producing with you? I was, I was writing on Zoom, like probably like two times a week or two to three oh. times a week. Yeah. It was a, it was a period of time. I, I liked it. I liked it for the time being, but I much prefer writing in person. So yeah. So she gets out but, and then how does that change the, the game or change the record? Or if it did? It basically it it basically was just like I would send her demos and I'd be like, okay, here's what I think is good should make the EP. And then when she came out, it was basically just me quarantining constantly because I was so afraid of getting COVID and having this process like pushed even more. Mm -hmm. Um and so I would I would like quarantine, I would get tested and then um, we would go into the studio for like four days and then do like a week off. And then like pretty much the whole summer was just studio break, studio break. And then like just constantly getting tested and making sure that like, we're not putting ourselves like in danger at all. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and it just basically looked like that until like October. And then we went into a studio, we went into, um, sound city Oh, is. wow. That's rad. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's the coolest experience ever. <laughs> I heard there's like an energy um, in there when you walk in. It's just like, this just crazy no, presence. It is. And like, there's a wall in the studio that I was in. There was like a wall where like all of the people who had like been in that room, like signed. And I was like looking over and I was like, oh my God, like, can't get the disco. Like, I think Kurt that's Phoebe Bridgers' thing. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, yeah. basically like every single thing and i was like this is the coolest thing that's ever happened so we did that and Were then you in the it big was room just, or the smaller room i think i was in room b so okay. i think that was a smaller room um but we got like to tour it like the studio itself too which was really really cool like getting to go into like they have like a chamber that's just for vocals and it's like they were like yeah this is where like stevie did all her vocals and i was like yeah. <gasps> oh my God. She only sang like one of the best records ever written in there, right? Oh, <laughs> I think, yeah. Yeah. No, Tom Petty recorded it. The in reason there. I chose it. Oh, really? Okay. You're a huge uh, yeah. Fleetwood Mac fan? I am. Okay. No, I, w I took a music history class when I was in high school. Um, and we did like a whole week on that record. Wow. Um, yeah. No, it was coolest class ever. And I was like, okay dream dream location is to record there now because 
we like literally watched like the documentary on it. Like it was. Oh, I was gonna ask you. Did you have you seen that? Dave Grohl like owns the owns the board now, right? Yeah. 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 It's funny. Like when you go there, it's like the Wi-Fi is literally called Dave Grohl, and I'm like, I like just like <laughs> stop. <laughs> That's that was, like, awesome. The part for me. That is so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> wow. Wow. What an experience to record this record there. And that's, that's amazing. Yeah, no, it was insane. And I think about it like all the time. Like it's, it definitely set like the, the standard for how I want each one of my projects to go. It's like, sure. I want to bring it into a studio and hear it on studio speakers. And I want to record live stuff and have it like, exist on the songs and yeah like i was i was obsessed it was so 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 fun and yeah and then we just you know covid came back Mm -hmm. it always does and so we had to put the record on pause for like four months while la was in the worst of it Mm -hmm. and then and then yeah and then we were like okay ep is like mainly done teddy mixed the whole thing um and then it was just literally deciding when to put it out. And yeah. <laughs> and it's coming out, right? February. And it's coming 11th. out. So exciting. You had I'm a huge so premiere, right? Of uh, prescriptions. Yeah. What was oh that like? I mean, Zane Love's one of the biggest, you know, tastemakers there are. I know. I like stopped breathing. Like I, I took a video of myself like reacting to it. And it's just like me, like blank face, like like the entire time he's like talking about my record and talking about prescriptions. And then when he said my name, I was like, <laughs> Oh my God. It was, it was so, so cool. And I like, Oh my God. I like want to go. I, I want him to do that for every song now. I'm like, right, you gotta, of course. <laughs> like that was so, so cool. And I don't know, like hearing my name on the radio, like that was always a dream. And I got to hear that. And ah, it was so cool. That's amazing. And tell me, well, tell me about Prescriptions. That's a new single, the latest yes. single. Yes. Yeah. So Prescriptions, about? it's kind of just about, okay. So when I was in high school, my senior year, I went through like a very serious battle with depression. Um, mm-hmm. It was like to the point where like, it got so bad where I would like cry because going down the stairs was too hard. Like I was like, I don't, like, I cannot do this. It's like too mm-hmm. much. Um, and I was in this relationship where I wasn't allowed to talk about my mental health, like at all, which to this day, I'm still like, how did I not see that was an issue? But like, every time I would talk about being depressed or like being anxious or having a panic attack, he would basically be like, I don't want to hear about it. Like, I don't want to talk about it. Oh, and that's, I'm sure that was helpful sh- for the anxiety. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it just shut me I, down. I so the- yeah. I, I come from that world and not the world of doing that but having horrible anxiety and depression so i know i'm 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 feeling you when you're talking but wow to have somebody that just straight up tells you like i don't want to hear about it wow yeah well and then it's like you know that's that's like the whole standard of like okay well if i can't open up to this person who's supposed to be my significant other about it who am i supposed to open up to about it Mm because that's like supposed to be the person and right supposed to be able to confide in that person and yeah yeah tell them what's going on what's happening with you yeah, I was stupid and I basically decided I would go on medication to kind of like appease him of being like, hey, I'm going to actually like make an effort to try to be better because like it's obvious you don't think I'm trying and 
then I like went through like the whole like mental breakdown of like, oh my God, I have to be on medication. Like being on meds means you're broken. Being mm -hmm. on meds is like, you know, the worst thing about, you know, whatever. And finding I like, the one basically... that actually works and like, yeah, it's just like yeah, a whole which is nightmare awful. in itself. <laughs> no, it a hundred percent is. And especially because there's so many like options. And then like, I'm on my third antidepressant right now and i'm like if i have to switch again like i seriously i'm gonna like lose my mind <laughs> right. like actually no, I, like it's yeah. so much work uh -huh. it's so much work and so yeah the song is basically just about all of that of like all of those emotions of being like i have to go on medication i don't want to be on medication i don't have an outlet to talk about my mental health in the way that i would like mm -hmm. and let me just put this into a song and then I did. Wow. Is that, I mean, talk about vulnerable. Was that hard to do to like show that to people or, or, you know, present oh, yeah. that? I can, wow. I feel like every song on that, on the CP was vulnerable for me in some way, especially cause that was like my, it's like my first real relationship. So it was also my first real breakup and my first real, like, like I had to be an adult when I was like 17 and I had to do like, a bunch of grown up things that like nobody else in my class like had to do. Like I knew I was moving to LA and I mm -hmm. knew that I wasn't going to college. And I knew that like the relationship I was in was going to end. And like, I just basically like had to force myself to do stuff every single day. Cause it was, I felt so much like internalized pressure on like needing to do everything and like show like a, like a straight face and like keep the, keep it up and mm -hmm. yeah it was it was a lot and i think about it all the time and i'm like i don't even think i could mentally handle that now i don't know how i did that then mm -hmm. so and, were uh, a lot of these songs yeah. like i mean obviously you had to tie or like put yourself back in that mind frame or like or were yeah, these songs so, like ideas already kind of happening as you were, they were experiencing all, that well, yeah they were all kind of like written during the relationship and then in like the last like two months after we broke up so it was all okay. like i was like basically predicting the future with my writing of being like hey this isn't gonna work and mm -hmm. i don't like how this is going and you kind of suck but i don't want to tell you that because i am desperate to be loved and meh. sure and yeah so and then like after i feel like it was like every song prescriptions was actually like the last one that I originally wrote for the record. Cause there were seven. I was only supposed to have like five. Um, okay. Yeah. But like thinking about it now, I'm like, I'm so glad that like I had that insight um, because I feel like I like wrote songs about the relationship after we broke up mm -hmm. and definitely just tears at me. Like I don't like reopening that wound to try to like, write something so i i wrote like one final song like six months ago about it and i was like okay, i'm never writing about it again <laughs> like that hurt a lot i don't want to ever do that again do you feel like it's therapeutic to finally just be like it's all there it's out okay let's move forward yeah a hundred percent it's like it's nice because i feel like my songs are vague enough where like i could re like reestablish what it means like five years from now and be like, Hey, this is still relevant to me. And here's why. And like have a different reason. Mm -hmm. um, but it's definitely just 
definitely a very vulnerable process. I feel like I, the only way I ever truly get really vulnerable is through, through music. And it's definitely a lot being like going in with like some of the greatest songwriters in the world. Like, Hey, <laughs> right. Hi. And presenting your idea song. right yeah, yeah i wrote this sad song that means a lot to me like it please and then <laughs> yeah well they all did though teddy liked all of it so that's great that's yeah. great and obviously <laughs> the the song is doing awesome and the record you wrote before that is awesome so i can only imagine that what you've got going on now is uh gonna be incredible and congratulations on the album or the Thank ep you so much say. Yeah, I feel I, like it should be an album, but like it's totally an EP. Like I always just say record because I'm like it's in between that. Like it's not real. There you go, record. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much uh, for for doing this. I really, really appreciate it. Oh my God. No, thank you for like having me and letting me spew for like thirty minutes. I'm like I'm literally gonna go be so talkative after this. <laughs> Uh, that's I thought you were gonna be like I'm gonna go and be just so like drained after this. <laughs> oh my god, no! This was like my start. Like I oh. came back from my chiropractor appointment and I like hadn't really said words, and so I was like, okay, this will this will like wake up my brain and like force me to talk. There you go. I'm one of those people that takes a couple hours <laughs> <laughs> to get going. <laughs> right on. Well, Juliana, thank you again. I have one more question for you. I want to know if you have yeah. any advice for aspiring artists. Um, just go for it. I was told all the time to not go for it. And I just did it out of spite. And so I did it. And it feels really, really good. Like when someone from my hometown DMs me and is like trying to get clout for me. And I'm like, ha, 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 I did that. <laughs> so just go for it. Don't listen to what anyone says. Just go for it. Yeah.